You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. Hey, we are so grateful to our production team and our worship arts teams who put together a live worship night right here on campus in the Elk Grove area last weekend. And what a wonderful time to praise God and to be together. It was so good to see your faces. It was so great for us to be outdoors and praising God and lifting up worship to Him. Some of you worshiped from your car. Some of you worshiped in lawn chairs. Others of you standing and praising God. And what a wonderful opportunity because the weather was warm and for us to be able to do that. And I want to say thank you to our teams who put in hard work to make that a reality. I also want to just give you a quick church update. Uh, We are still in process, uh, having a nationwide search for our next executive pastor. And I wanted just to update you that that is actually in process and happening. And we'll keep you posted as time goes along. Also want to let you know that we continue to stream church online right where you are, but in ways that you can share. You can share on five platforms. And that is Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, our church website, and Twitch, which is a gamer site. And I want to let you know that as we are sharing and sending that out, that God leverages that and causes divine appointments for people to stumble across or to watch church online. And God is using that to impact actual lives. So I want to continue to encourage you to share as you have opportunity. For those of you in the local Elk Grove, California area, wondering when we're going to regather, I want you to know that we continue to monitor local COVID restrictions to honor our leaders as scripture clearly tells us to do, and to love one another as ourselves in a health setting. However, we are greatly anticipating regathering as a church live as restrictions ease. Now, prior to that happening, we will inform you, and our staff has been hard at work with our regathering plans and our health procedures. So as a reminder, Because of Church Online, we have not stopped gathering, as some are in the habit of doing. But we want you to persevere. We want you to stay consistent. We want you to give, and we want you to be the church where God has you. Today, in Acts chapter 20, we find Paul's final words to the church. The interesting thing is that not only did Paul say these words, but Paul knew 100% that these would be his final words to the people and churches which he started. I mean, think how carefully you would choose your final words to your family and your friends if you knew 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that these were your final words. Man, you would choose your words and comments carefully and you would confine your words to the most important items if you knew they were going to be the final thoughts to your family. Well, my dad's final words as he was dying of pancreatic cancer at the age of 56, to me and my brothers were, boys, God doesn't make mistakes. He knew that internally, we all thought that this illness was an error and we were questioning the wisdom of God and even allowing it. And I knew when I said goodbye to my dad, the next time we would speak would be in heaven. Well, maybe you have been there. So today... I'm actually going to preach to you my dad's lesson on Acts 20. See, my dad wasn't a pastor. He was a corporate attorney. He handled construction defects like the flaw in the original mirror that they put on the Hubble telescope up in the heavens. That There was a huge firm in Los Angeles and all around the world. And he was a corporate attorney in downtown LA all the time. 
But my dad wasn't a pastor, but he was an elder in our church and he exercised his gift in teaching by teaching a Sunday school class on the weekends. So today, I'm going to actually preach to you his lesson and his outline points on Acts chapter 20 in my own style. So here's why you need this sermon. If you follow Jesus in these five essential ways, your life will be a mic drop. Your life, your final life preaching, your life words will actually resonate. They will actually matter. Have you ever thought, just give it to me straight? Like no more political talk, no more hints, no more soundbite statements. Well, Acts chapter 20 shows Paul telling it plainly to people as he gives his final instructions. If you're taking notes today, write this down. The first thing you want to do if you want your life to be a mic drop is to fully declare God's truth. Paul says in Acts 20, 27, he says, For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. He's going to give the whole will, not just little sound bites, not just part. In his teaching, in his life, he's given them his entire declaring of God's truth. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that in ours? Well, first of all, I'd encourage you to call it plainly as God sees it. Call it as God sees it. See, the problem today is that everyone wants to call it as they see it. Like they want to take scripture and they want to pick and choose the scripture verses that they like. And they kind of want to ignore the rest and say, well, this is my opinion of the scripture. This is what I love about God. And instead of letting all of scripture speak for itself, you and I need to lean into the whole counsel of God. Listen, he is plenty good at speaking for himself through his written word. He doesn't need a pope or a pastor or a politician to reinterpret what God has been clear on. Our job is seeing it as God sees instead of trying to get God to see as we see. So call it as God sees it. The second way you fully declare God's truth is don't water down what God says. Don't water it down. Second Corinthians chapter four, Paul writes to the church in Corinth. He says, rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. What is he doing? He's not watering down the word of God. He's going to declare what God says. So you and I need to faithfully continue that process. We faithfully declare God's truth, all of it. Growing as a believer is being more concerned with what God thinks than what people think. And our world is driven by what people think, trying to mold everything into what the majority thinks or what the perceived majority thinks or what the media thinks or what the, the entertainers think. In Galatians, Paul writes to the church there, he says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings? or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And that's the problem today. I think so many people are saying, I'm trying to please people and I'm trying to be a servant of Christ. But Paul was pretty clear. If I were trying to please people, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. So the the nature is this, that for you and I, we need to not try to please people and we need to be servants of Christ. 
as you grow as a believer, you're going to find this to be true, that many times pleasing God means displeasing people. Christ followers are to represent Christ first. So these instructions were initially to the elders of the church who in turn are to be examples to us and all of us, meaning that they don't just apply to a certain select group of really spiritual people, that they apply to all of Christ's followers. Well, if you want your life to be a mic drop, then you want to do this. You want to write this down. Follow God's will for your life. And next week, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But in Acts chapter 20, verse 22 and following, Paul says, and now compelled by the spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm not knowing what's going to happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. See, Paul is submitting to whom for the direction of his life. He's submitting his life and its direction to God. Not to his friends, not his churches, not his financial advisor, not his stockbroker, his pension administrator, not even his own self-protection or his own ease. He's submitting his life to the will of God. And God's will isn't hidden. He wants you to be saved. He actually wants you to come to him to be saved. He wants you to be sanctified. That means you're set apart from living the way everybody else lives to be holy instead. He, He wants you to submit to his authority. He wants you and I to be spirit-filled, and he wants you and I to suffer for his kingdom when he calls us to do so. And last, part of his will is that he wants us to say thanks in all circumstances, even in difficult circumstances or a year like maybe this year has been for you. Following God's will in these ways was the foreseeable future for Paul. And he decided, I want my life to be a mic drop. And so to do that, I got to follow the will of God. Third, write this down. Cement Jesus as your top priority. Man, if I could tell people right now, one thing that is so huge in our culture right now, it is to cement Jesus as your number one priority. The priority that that overrules all other interests, all other opinions, all other things in your life. Paul said it this way. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, he said, However... I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Well, what was Paul's attitude about his own life? His attitude was, I consider my own life, my own kingdom as nothing, as nothing that everything should be about Christ. Everything should be about his kingdom. Everything should be about the work he's given me to do. What it was Paul doing, he was cementing Jesus as his top priority. Well, what was Paul's attitude about politics? It wasn't. It was all kingdom of God. What was Paul's attitude about policy or about family? What about sports loyalties? What about retirement? See, in everything, he said, I consider my life worth nothing to me, but everything, Christ is my top Priority. Well, let me tell you, Jesus must become first in your social media posts. Let me say that again. If you consider yourself part of Sun Grove Church, if you consider yourself a believer, the way that you can grow is that you make sure that Jesus must become the priority in your social media posts. I can't say it any clearer. 
your social media posts or your effort to put it out there and, and drop a mic. And while something may feel very important to you, or you might be feel very passionate about it, those who follow the kingdom of God say, my life and my opinions are kind of nothing. What matters most is the kingdom of God. Cement Jesus as your top priority. Jesus must become first in your finances. Jesus must be cemented in your life first in your time management. Jesus must be cemented first in your future planning. So ask, what priorities am I setting for my life? And do they have eternal value? See, when you and I elevate gods that disappoint, we realize how empty those things are, that all too often they disappoint us. Materialism will disappoint you. Your sports team will disappoint you. You will have all the time when things that you think are interesting, you put a, you elevate a political figure and that human being will disappoint you. You want to cement Jesus as your first priority. Well, if you're not having first priorities in your life that aren't an eternal value, you want to ask why not? I'll tell you why not. Because for you and I, our false self is always trying to get you to serve your kingdom and to serve yourself instead of God's kingdom. Christ's followers have to learn to reject our false self and to live from the real you that God has created you to be and is teaching you and me to walk in the real you that he's called us into. In fact, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, and he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. What's he saying? The path of growth for the Christian is that they, on a regular daily basis, deny themselves. What are they doing? They're making Christ their first priority. They're taking up their cross. They got to die to themselves, this instrument of death. They're going to pick it up. They're going to carry it and they're going to follow him. So every day when you want to do something that makes yourself a priority, a Christ follower says, I got to make Jesus cement him as my top priority. That's what it means to let your life be a mic drop that it speaks louder than your social media posts might. Next, write this down. Number four, if you want to follow Christ, you want your life to be a mic drop, then you need to fight false doctrine. The world's full of it, but you got to fight false doctrine. Paul said it this way in Acts 20, as he's giving final instructions to the church, he says this, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock, which is the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and not spare the flock. And even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Is false doctrine still a problem today? Yes. False doctrine would be when you hear somebody preaching that God wants you to be healthy all the time or wealthy all the time. That's going to be false doctrine. That's not denying yourself, taking up your cross daily and following Christ. Other people will say, well, don't all religions lead to heaven? No. We are warned actually in scripture against myths. We are warned against endless genealogies. We are warned against teaching from angels or self-proclaimed messiahs or any gospel different from what the Bible preaches to you. So don't believe every social media self-proclaimed religious expert because in many cases when compared to the Bible, they aren't. 
So what effect could false doctrine have? I mean, why would false doctrine be so dangerous? Well, false doctrine is dangerous because it leads people away from the flock. And let me make a qualification right there. It's Intent is to lead people away from the flock of God, not just lead them away from one church to another church. False doctrine so often is to lead people away from being the people of God, leading them from a a life that could be a mic drop for the kingdom of God and leading them into a life that is serving themselves or is is, is going back to works to try to earn your salvation. And Jesus paid for your salvation with his own blood. So how do we deal with false doctrines? Paul says, be on your guard, be alert. And the only way we distinguish between false doctrines and truth is to examine the scriptures because everything must be filtered through the Bible as a Christ follower. Well, how does Satan introduce false doctrine? How does he, he, in today's day and age, how does he cause the believer to just get worn down, to get overwhelmed? How does he do it to get a way that you just walk away from the church or you're ineffective? I've heard it said that dogpile is the grand strategy of the enemy. What do I mean by that? That the enemy just says, you know what? I want to just overwhelm you with life. I want to overwhelm you with entertainment, with opportunity. I want to overwhelm you with all these things that are going to seem very, very important. And all these issues and all these causes that are actually going to get you to make your opinions above the being the kingdom of God. And he's just going to get you overwhelmed and inundated to the point that you're not sure what the truth is. But fortunately, God's given us the Bible. He's given us his word. And so you and I are to become students of the Bible, to study the Bible, to test every wind of teaching against the claims of truth that the Bible makes in its entirety, not just in parts and pieces. Hey, do you want your life to be a mic drop? Well, then I would encourage you to number five, be a disciple-making disciple. Let me tell you, if if religious people are, are tearing down the church instead of building it up, then perhaps you need to take watch over your own life. You need to watch yourself and you need to to claim people who maybe are tearing down the church against the claims of scripture. Is that what the scripture is calling people to do? Uh, Same way, if if a friend is trying to convince you of a new doctrine that makes God serve you instead of you and I submitting ourselves and our lives to following the will of God, then we need to run. We need to walk and cement Jesus as a first priority. We need to follow the will of God And as I mentioned, you need to be a disciple-making disciple. Each of us can be used by the Lord in discipling others and building up the church. In fact, in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Paul says, In everything I did, I showed you by this kind of hard work that we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, quote, It is more blessed to give than to receive. So I would encourage you, be bought in. Don't attend church. Be the church. Give. Make disciples. And, and let me say, if you're, if you're not making disciples, then you're hoarding the truth to yourself. And some of you are like, well, I don't know how to make disciples. And, and I may not have a gift of teaching like other people do. And what I want to say is, so share. Share church online. Or I want to tell you to be discipled. Go through our discipleship ministry here at Sun Grove Church. And then you have it experienced it firsthand, and you can walk someone else through the discipleship material that you yourself have learned in. You have become a disciple so that you can make disciples. That's something for every one of us to do. You will be blessed by God 
by giving to him to see more and more disciples come to Jesus Christ. In Acts 20 verse 36, it says, when Paul finished speaking, so he got done, he gave his final instructions. It says, he knelt down with all of them and he prayed and they all wept as they embraced him and they kissed him. And what grieved them most was his statement that he would, they would never see his face again. And then they accompanied him to the ship. Listen, God doesn't make mistakes. Perhaps they were all thinking it though, that this could be a mistake to send Paul to Jerusalem where he's going to face suffering, he's going to face hardship. I mean, they would have loved convincing Paul not to leave. But they submitted their desires to the Lord in relinquishing Paul to the will of God. Let me ask you, who do you need to relinquish to the will of God? Who is left? that you miss, but life or doctrinal issues or the false self has led them away. Relinquish them to God with tears if needed, and don't let it deter you from making other disciples. Be a disciple-making disciple until you yourself utter your final instructions to the ones you love. In doing so, I believe your life will be a mic drop. And it all starts by giving your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never made a decision to make Jesus the center of your life, your top priority. And the way that we do that is to die to ourselves, to take up and associate ourselves with the cross that Jesus died on, the cross that he paid his life for. And that cross that he paid his life on was for you to wash away your sins, to give you and make you a new creation on the inside, to give you new life, and to forgive you for everything that you and I have ever done that is wrong. And so perhaps today that's you, right where you are, that you just make a decision saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. And if that's you today, pray a prayer like this right after me. Just say, Jesus, today I give you me. I believe that you died on the cross, that you were buried, and you rose to new life because you're God. I ask you to come into my life, make me a new creation on the inside. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Would you wash me as white as snow? Because today, Jesus, I give you me. And if you prayed that prayer right now, right where you were, and you meant it with your all your heart, I want you to know that you are a new creation on the inside, that the Holy Spirit will come to indwell you, to lead you into truth, that your sins are gone, that you don't have to fear death, that you can have joy. And even in times when you think maybe God's making a mistake with your life, God's making a mistake with somebody else's life, you're going to realize that God always has your best in mind and he proved it by paying for it with his own blood. You're a new creation. Enjoy it and let your life be a mic drop. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.